Okay, uh, so we're going to do a session zero. Um, we're actually a couple of sessions in, a few episodes in at this point, but everybody's got a much firmer grip on where their character is at. Uh, normally it would be Shelby that would run this particular show, but he is out today. Uh, so I'll be adding him in once I get to editing. Um, so this is Nick, your GM, and I'm going to be asking a few questions, just get everybody, uh, and not only the players, but then their, uh, uh, their characters introduced, uh, for the setting. And we'll end up making this, a uh, episode one, episode zero sort of deal. So, uh, I know that Adam has some stuff. He is looking at his phone right now. So I'm gonna have Adam go first. So, uh, and I'm just going to ask the question and then if you will respond, you can respond either as your, uh, as yourself or as your character, wherever your particular comfort level is. So, uh, question one is who are you, the player and who are you playing? So I'm Adam and I'm playing Mafella. And Mafella is a recently freed through a series of unfortunate events, Damani. And Damani are Shan Chan women born with the ability to channel, but are slaves and used as pets and tools by their soldam or mistress. That's a really good answer. I went deep on these things. <laughs> went deep on these things. Uh, so then question two, what part of the world do you come from? And then tell me something about where you are from. So Mafella is from, a land, uh, from the land of Shan Chan, which is roughly 5,000 miles west of where our game takes place. She came across the ocean with the invasion fleet trying to retake the Westlands. Excellent. What are your characters' views on some of the groups that they are likely to find themselves surrounded with, such as Aes Sedai, White Cloaks, uh, Tuatha'an, uh, etc.? So this was an interesting question. Since Mafella is not from the Westlands, she really doesn't know any of these groups or what they are since they don't exist over in Shan Chan. It's a new world that she's in and we'll be viewing it for the first time without being told how to see this thing. I think that really comes through in the first several episodes as well. Um, I think you've done a good job playing some of that up, which is uh, interesting, especially for the group dynamics that we, that we end up having, uh, as this is a very interesting group to be uh, playing together. Uh, what are your character's views on channeling in particular? Channeling is dangerous and must be controlled by a Saldam. At least that's what they teach in, Sa in Shan Chan. Mafella does not think that is true, though, as a channeler herself. It's more of a tool that can be used for good or bad and is dependent on the person wielding it and their intentions. So do you know, well, I don't think we've discussed it, but do you know uh, how long Mafella has been leashed? Ten any? years. Ten Ish. years. Okay. Do you, do you know what age she was when she was taken, initially leashed? You might say it's the answer to the next question. Oh, okay. <laughs> so then the last question we have on the list is, uh, tell me a brief story from your character's childhood. All right. So I really struggled with this one because this is a difficult question. Um, so I've got a little story here. When Mafella was 13, uh, her family and her were in a house fire. And during the night, she and her siblings were awoken by their parents as the room was being filled with smoke and fire. They tried to escape out the main room, but it was engulfed in flames. Doubling back, the bedrooms were now completely consumed and there was no way, nowhere to go. They huddled together with no other options. 
tears filled her eyes as she was as this was the end. It was then that Mafella first touched the one power. A soft glow of light formed a ring around her and her family, and soon became a dome covering them. It continued to become brighter and brighter as the flames went higher and higher. As the house collapsed, the dome continued to hold, and the red flames of the night yielded to the white brightness of the weave that she was saving them. She had saved her family, but it also doing so had become a Marathadame? Marathadamane. There we go. Or one who must be leashed. Nice. So 13. 13, yes. So that would make her approximately 23 then. Yes. Excellent. Okay. <clears throat> Thank you. That was really well done. I dug deep for that. Uh, yeah, Shelby would be very, uh, very impressed. He's going to be happy to hear all that. Perfect. Uh, so let's go to the next person at the table. Dan, you good? Okay, so uh, moving on to our next player. Uh, who are you, the player, and who are you playing? I'm Dan, and I'm playing Zane Hawkins, one of the Children of the Light, secretly. Secretly. No one else knows that currently? No one in the party. No one in the party. Okay. Um, what part of the world does Zane come from? Uh, he is originally from Terrabon. Ooh. Does he have a conical hat? He does now. He does now. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> I forgot about the hats. <laughs> it's it's not a given. He, he doesn't have to wear one, but it is an well, option if you want him to have one. Um, can you tell me something about where he's from, or did you not have that planned out? Um, I hadn't thought about it too much. Uh, probably Tanchico, I think, oh, okay. is the main city. I would guess near there, not actually in the city, though. Oh, so like a, maybe an outlying village or something? Yes. Excellent. Okay. Um, and then what are Zane's views on some of the groups that uh, he's likely to find himself surrounded by? Aes Sedai, White Cloaks, Tuathan, uh, Aiel. Um, the Aes Sedai, obviously, are bad. They're channelers. That's awful. Uh, White Cloaks are great. Everyone should love them. I don't know why people dislike them so much. Um, tinkers in generally are, you know, they're questionable. He has been in contact with a group. Uh, I believe the leader was Aramis. Mm -hmm. So that specific group of tinkers is cool, but the rest of them, not so much. Excellent. Okay. And he is still trying to decide what he thinks about the Sean Chan. Uh, so what what are Zane's specific views on channeling then? Um, all channelers are bad, except for him, but he doesn't channel. So, Except for him who does not channel. Exactly. Excellent. Okay. Um, can you tell me a brief story uh, from Zane's childhood? Um, I put a little more effort into this one than the other ones, but still not a whole lot. Um, when he was... Fairly young, probably eight or so. His father was murdered in the middle of the night. Presumably, at least in his mind, it was done by dark friends because who else would kill such a great man as his father? And so when he became old enough, he traveled to the neighboring country of Amadicia so he could join up with the Children of the Light intent on hunting down dark friends and figuring out why his father was killed. Has he found the dark friends that he blames? 
Not yet. Excellent. Okay. All right. Anything else? Uh, no, I think that takes care of it. Excellent. All right. Um, did you want to cover any of that uh, other stuff that like we kind of know, but you don't want to touch on it yet? Uh, Come out through play? Yeah, let's go with that. Excellent. Okay. <clears throat> uh, so then we'll move on to Chris. Who are you playing, or who are you, the player, and who are you playing? I am Chris, a meat popsicle. However, I am playing Gedron Gardner, or Gardner Gedron. I haven't quite gotten which one's which. Can I ask a question? No, because the answer is I realized that Ge- Gardner was a rank a while after playing. It's a title. Title. It's a title, yeah. Uh, I am an Ogier who is from Sean Chan, which is why I have the title of Gardener, because I am part of the like honor guard for the Empress. You're a yeah, you're a uh, basically a glorified uh, bodyguard. You're there, Death Watch. Yeah, okay, there we go, Death Watch. There's only like a paragraph of this when you research. Uh, when we get to the child question, I have more on that part. Uh, he actually is only trained. He doesn't know how, actually how to use any weapons or armor, even though his group would allow him to use weapons and armor. Uh, so what part of the, you said he comes from Sean Chan, but do you know anything else or does he know anything else? He does. Cause he is over 200 years old. Uh, he has bounced around from major city to major city with crime syndicates. Uh, he's one. Most people think that Ogier are nice, peaceful and everything, but, uh, Gedrin is actually quite violent when provoked and uh, has actually come to a point where he has taken pleasure in that. Uh, most of the time, though, he has gotten annoyed with how people were like, hey, lift that and do that thing. Like, just because I am, just because I am eight foot 10 and 412 pounds and can carry three times as much as everybody else, doesn't mean I should always have to carry three times as everybody else. So. When a group of guys is like, hey, carry those boxes. Like, oh, the four of you can carry those boxes. Screw you. I'm not just, I'm a pretty face as well. Uh, I can be very convincing. Fortunately, most of the time I'm very convincing because I can grind you to a pulp with my bare hands. But he thinks that that has made him very charming over time. So unless he has to do physical activity, he doesn't want to because he already knows he can do it. Uh, He is very focused on being more roguelike in his expertise of stealth and skullduggery and being charming. And okay. So then what are, what are some of his views on the groups that he's likely to um, come into contact with the I said, I, the white cloaks, um, standard son, Sean Chan army, um, Tuatha on positive on the, the Sean Chan. Never side. He, because of his time with, Mafella. Yes? Yes. Yay! You got it right that time. That's very good. Yay, I was like, oh, both of them were in That'll come up in like episode three or four. <laughs> uh, he is starting to have issues with the Demani soldare relationship because at least as a soldier, he gets to make the final choice on whether or not he rips somebody's arms off and beats them to death with them. And the people who are command... the. Damani, no, the Soldam who is commanding the Damani 
do not have the powers that they are commanding and the one who's ultimately doing the damage isn't getting a choice. And our travels together have made at least that relationship him less worried about that relationship and questioning that. But otherwise, all hail the Empress. May she live forever. May she live forever. Um, uh, so I, I think that basically answers the next question, which is um, what are your character's views on channeling? As, uh, I'm just confused whenever I see I said I like I'm looking for in uh, Mofella's case, there's the, is it the bracelet that is here? So I'm always looking for something that they're using to, to help them channel. And I'm like, why? Where's your, did they take your collar off? Interesting perspective. Uh, how about a brief story uh, from Gedrin's childhood? Uh, he's grown up in lots of major cities, and because of his size, and everybody kind of forgets as an ogre that he's as old as he is. So they never ask for his opinion or advice when it comes to matters of being a crime syndicate. They're just like, go beat that guy up, which that part's easy. But when he sees things that are going to be self-destructive, if people don't ask, he just kind of hangs out in the back and watches dozens of syndicates fall apart. But when it comes time to kill everybody, they kind of look at him and he's like, it's going to cost four of you. Pick your four. And they're like, you know what? He's fine. His boss is dead. He's fine. So he's gotten to see a lot of them fall apart. And that's when he finally was seen by whoever promotes Death Watch and was offered a position there. However, during the landing and training, he got separated. So he really has never been formally integrated into their organization. It was more of a landing attack and then the stuff that happens in So you see him one. as being a little bit more in training yes. uh, when he came across yes. the ocean. Okay, excellent. Shelby, who are you, the player, uh, and who are you playing? Uh, my name is Shelby Johnson, and I am playing Kale Yokel. Uh, I am a my character Kale is a former Tinker or uh, Tuathlon who kind of lost his way and is no longer a hardline pacifist. Okay. Um, and I think, I think we touch on that a little bit in the first few episodes, which is also good. I get a little more backstory on that. Um, so what part of the world does, uh, does Kale come from? Interestingly, I've probably been through most of the world. I was born kind of on the road. So I wasn't born to any particular country and have probably visited most of them, uh, especially I, the last year or so before um, my group was killed, uh, we were kind of up near the borderlands. So that's kind of been like my last year of experience is kind of near the borderlands and kind of the outskirts and the edges of society. I don't. I don't but think we being talked. Being a tinker. Yeah. Go. Sorry. Go ahead. Uh, I was gonna say I don't think that we talked about. Uh, we talked about what happened to the group uh, uh, and his, and Kale's family later on uh, for pe- other people that are listening. But um, how long ago was that? I don't know that we ever touched on that. Yeah. About six months. 
I think you maybe had something else that you wanted to add in that what part of the world? Um, I was just gonna I was gonna kind of go into what tinkers were, but just explain that being on the road, tinkers go in these covered wagon caravan groups and go um, around mostly saying to the edge of civilization and they make their money through trading and repairing um, items that people in different villages or cities might bring to them when they were nearby. Excellent. So then what are uh, Kale's views on some of the groups that they're like, that he is likely to encounter uh, or find themselves surrounded by such as I said, I white cloaks, I yield, Ogier, um, et cetera. Do they have any strong opinions? Uh, I don't have any strong opinions necessarily about Aes Sedai, um, just the things I've heard. Um, and I probably would lean a little more towards liking them because any of the bad things I've heard might have been from White Cloaks, who I am not particularly a fan of because um, one of the reasons our Tinker group ended up near the Borderlands was um, we were being harassed by a group of white cloaks thinking we were hiding a an Aes Sedai in our midst and kind of fled away from that. Um, so I, I don't have a particularly keen uh, view of the white cloaks. Um, the only oak here I've met is uh, Gardner and he's, he's starting to grow on me. He seemed kind of rough around the edges at first, but he's starting to grow on me. Um, up until then, I thought they were myth and fairy tale. I'd never met one and never seen anyone who had met one. Um, trying to think of other groups. Obviously, I'm favorable to the Tuathawan. Uh Do you have another a group you could pop out, throw out there? I mean, you're covering most of the ones that he's going to run into or has run into thus far. Okay. I think that's a good... That's a good starting point for him, right? I, and I, I don't know that I don't know that we've talked as a group much about it. I don't know much about the Sean Chan because I don't think that those two members of the group in particular have been particularly sharing their Sean Chaniness with us. Not a lot, yeah. Yeah. For for their own reasons. Um, yeah, well, of course. So then, what uh, what are Kale's views on channeling? Uh, again, um, kind of the only bad things he's heard about, uh, specifically like Aes Sedai, were probably from White Cloaks or people who align with the White Cloaks. So just as a, an opposite to that, he probably has a pretty favorable view of it. He knows that there's this big white tower full of these women who can channel. Uh, he knows some of them can heal. Um, and he's seen the abilities of a channeler help him and his and his newfound friends out um, when they've been in dire straits. So he has a pretty positive attitude towards channeling. He hasn't seen anything particularly bad happen with channeling yet. Okay. Um, and then uh, final, the fifth, finally, the fifth question: um, Can you tell me a brief story from Kale's childhood? Uh, yeah. So when Kale was about uh, 10 or 11, they had actually uh, 
set up their caravan near uh not near Tarvalon but kind of close enough that that um I said I could I I could have met Nice at die and I saw one uh heal another one of our Tuathawan members' broken leg. He and I had been playing in a tree nearby um, while the caravan met with, with people and traded, and he fell out of the tree and broke his leg, and a, a sister in, in yellow robes came over and healed his, healed his leg. Interesting. Um, John, who are you, the player, and uh, who are you playing? I am John, and I am playing Tallman Angrist, uh, old man, aristocrat, merchant, in search of new business adventures. And so then what part of the world does Tallman come from? Tallman is from Karhain. In Karhain, there's a lot of uh, a political intrigue and deception, but uh, Tallman, Tallman hates it when people play games. Uh, it drives him nuts. He'd rather just be straight with people, so he just calls people out. He gets angry with them and yells at them instead. Which I think we've seen on several occasions since he has joined the party. Um, what would Tallman's views be on some of the other groups that uh, that were likely to uh, run into? I said I, White Cloaks, Ogier, Sean Chan, Aiel. So Tallman doesn't trust White Cloaks, so as, like, as a merchant... Uh, they're one of the least trustworthy groups that he could possibly run into. They could seize his property at any moment. He doesn't go around with a lot of guards or protection necessarily. So he really honestly couldn't do like anything about it if they they stole his property. It's very hard to be a merchant around white cloaks. Uh, so he's not a big fan, and he will avoid them uh, if at all possible because he just you can't beat that. Um, you know, for a set eye, you know, he's done business with the set eye before. They're more likely, like, they'll pay him for whatever goods he's delivering or whatever business he's doing. So the, uh, you know, a set eye he trusts. I mean, as much as you can, like, trust a set eye, he's okay with that. Uh, I don't think he's had a lot of encounters with IL, so he doesn't, he doesn't have a lot of familiarity with them. He would do business with them, so long as he's getting paid, that's fine. Uh, if people can just keep their commitments, I mean, he's willing to work with a lot of different people because um, he's just in business. You know, the uh, you know his interactions with Gedrin have been interesting because he was also under the impression that uh, Ogier tended to be less Gedrin-like, um, more gentle, less fighty. Um, but you know, it 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 works for him because honestly, we keep running into. Um, situations where we could use someone like that. Um, Tallman hasn't had uh, great guards or, you know, muscle, so to speak, in the past. Um, and then other groups, I'm trying to think if there's... Oh, the uh, the Tinkerers. Um, the Tinkerers drive him a bit nuts, and he doesn't trust them. And I think it's... There's a sort of communism kind of... Uh, aspect to the tinkerers, right? Property rights are very different in tinkerer society. Um, and it doesn't make any sense at all to Tallman. Like, it freaks him out. Um, and, you know, like, invitation from the tinkerers to, like, hang out or whatnot, 
he's just thinking about his property and like the stuff on him and that, you know, people will like expect him to share everything. And it's, it's just weird. So he's, he's fine to like have a free meal from them or like hang out for a moment, but it's weird. It's a weird society. He doesn't understand it. Interesting. Um, so that does lead me to a, um, a follow-up question. Um, the Aiel War, right, which did a particularly large amount of damage to Karian, which is where Talman's from, uh, would have been 20-ish, maybe a little more than that, years ago. Um, would Talman have experienced that? I don't recall off the top of my head how old he is, or whether I, and I don't know. Would he have been in Karian for most of that, or would he have been outside business interests or something? Yeah, so I was I was thinking, so I've I've got Tallman, you know, kind of between 40, 50, um, relatively old for kind of how I imagine uh, people in this world can get. Like if if you're not if you're not a cha- like if you're not an Isedi, um I wouldn't expect people to live particularly long. Um, necessarily. So he's, I mean, he's older. Um, and you know, back then he was, he was out on some kind of business venture. So he was out of town at the time that it happened. Uh, and it happened quickly enough that he just, he didn't experience it personally, but heard about it. And I think Tolman has like enough respect for what happened, like that the IL you like do something specifically to piss them off. Um, and you kind of had it come into you. Like he's not, he's not trying to instigate like Tallman is never trying to instigate conflict. He's happy to negotiate, do business with people, you know, work with people until they're starting to do something irrational or like unsatisfactory. And then he gets angry and he starts yelling at people. But like, he knows well enough not to poke the bear if like poking the bear is bad for business, right? Like you don't make as much money uh, poking the bear mm-hmm. as if you can just keep things diplomatic. And Carhain was not being diplomatic. Um, so he like, he doesn't hold it against the IL. Um, and he also just didn't experience, like there was no trauma or anything related because he wasn't there at the time that it happened. Okay. Um, what are Tallman's views on channeling then? So Tallman has done business with I said, I, they pay, um, that works for him. Like channeling people being channelers on that, on their own doesn't particularly bother him. Um, you know, channeling can be a threat the same as like, um, a large ogier with massive weapons could be a threat, right? Like to him, it's all the same because, he doesn't really have any like martial combat ability or like way to defend himself really um, other than maybe like having some guards when he's out on a business venture, but they're not particularly strong or anything like that. So, you know, it's a threat to him that he can't really control just as much as like any other threat. So it really comes down just to like credibility or like how much you trust the person. And, you know, like the, I said, I, he knows they play games, um, but he can work with that. The male channelers, he's heard stories. He's never encountered a male channeler, but he's heard that like 
they can go mad and they can become less trustworthy and irrational over time and so he's wary of that he just hasn't had any personal experience okay and then uh can you tell us a brief story uh from Talman's childhood yeah so um Talman's father was a merchant as well in Karhain, and he would send little Talman around to collect payments from customers for like delivery of goods uh, in town. And so, you know, normally most customers paid just fine. You know, they'd get like monthly deliveries of goods for whatever you know their business was, uh, and it wasn't any problem. But there was. One like a general store owner who, you know, little Tallman had approached for monthly payment and they just, he didn't have it. Like the, the owner didn't have the money. Uh, and it got Tallman really angry and Tallman started yelling at the general store owner um, just in this like giant fit of rage. And the general store owner like broke down in tears and Tallman started walking away with like most of the inventory uh, in the general store to cover the payment. Um, and the, you know, as he was walking out the door, the general store owner's daughter um, came running out to him begging for help because there was no way that they would ever recover if they didn't have at least some inventory to work with to try to sell and uh, come back from, you know, be able to pay their debts. Um, and little Tallman was just, his heart just softened a bit and it was really hard for him to be the same way with her. Uh, and he understood. So he left behind more of the inventory that he, than he was initially inclined to, uh, because of her appeal. Um, took less and planned to get it back next time so he can be he can be very angry when it comes to business matters not working out like everyone agreed um but he has a soft spot interesting i i feel like we maybe see a little bit of that in the first few episodes too which is which is good okay um so those are our players and um i'm gonna i we finished up with John and Shelby today. Uh, we didn't necessarily have both of them when I was recording uh, yesterday. So I will get these uh, stitched together and these will be um, episode zero, I think, uh, as kind of an introduction to the players. Um, so we're going to end there. I'm going to go ahead and play the outro. Outro.